Hello, I'm Jason Dick, and this is the CQ on Congress Coronavirus Special Report. We're bringing you daily updates on the policy news you need to know using the reporting prowess of CQ Roll Call. Today is Tuesday, May 5th. If you're a carnivore, you may have to reconsider what's going on your plate. Meatpacking facilities continue to be COVID-19 hotspots, and public officials are trying to figure out how to protect both workers and the food supply chain. While the economy remains wobbly, Wall Street is marching to its own beat. Stocks rose for the second day in a row. And there are moves afoot to rescue the cash-strapped U.S. Postal Service. Representative Carolyn Maloney, a New York Democrat who chairs the Congressional Committee with Oversight of the Postal Service, says she has a commitment from leadership for $25 billion for the Postal Service in the next coronavirus relief package. That said, this doesn't have bipartisan support. The president has vocally opposed coming to the aid of the mail agency, and its coffers could be depleted by the summer. We begin with CQ Roll Call Chief Correspondent Niels Lesniewski on the latest from the White House. There's been a lot of news today out of the White House about the Coronavirus Task Force and its members. The headline of the afternoon is that Vice President Mike Pence told a group of reporters that discussions have already begun on how to wind down the operations of the task force. Uh, The vice president said that the, the goal, if conditions warrant, will be to transition members of the task force back to a more normal operating structure so that they go back to working more regularly at their home departments and agencies. And the vice president hinted that could be somewhere after Memorial Day, which is at this point coming up in just a few weeks. The other piece of news about the members of the Coronavirus Task Force that began to develop over the weekend and then sort of gained steam on Monday relates to their ability to testify on Capitol Hill. House Democrats have been frustrated that they are not being allowed to call witnesses from the Coronavirus Task Force including Dr. Anthony Fauci from the National Institutes of Health, who is largely uh, the point man on much of the healthcare side of the task force's work in responding to coronavirus. Dr. Fauci is scheduled to be one of several witnesses testifying at the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee next week. The official line from the White House in a memo from the Office of Legislative Affairs that was sent over to Capitol Hill and obtained by news outlets on Monday pointed to a concern about these members of the task force spending too much time, really, on Capitol Hill uh, when they should be focusing on the response to the pandemic. And the memo outlined a process by which Mark Meadows, the White House Chief of Staff, would be the one to approve a request for testimony from the Capitol Hill. But here's the problem. Tuesday morning, President Trump himself was asked, leaving the White House, why the House is not able to get the same kind of witnesses from the Coronavirus Task Force. And he said this. Because the House is a setup. The House is a bunch of Trump haters. Sometimes the president has a habit of saying the quiet part out loud, and that may well have been what happened here. While the official line from the White House had been an attempt to restrict testimony 
in a bid to keep people from being called to the Capitol too often, what the president seemed to say is that the Senate can probably call witnesses more frequently since they're controlled by Republicans. Uh, We'll certainly see in the next few weeks between now and the scheduled Memorial Day recess how that all plays out. Uh, But for now, uh, it looks like if you're going to get information from members of the task force and you're a lawmaker, you had better be a senator. And now to CQ Roll Call's Jim Saxa, who dives into what is happening to oversight of the rescue package that gave the Treasury Department $500 billion to bail out airlines and fund loan programs aimed at helping the economy survive COVID-19. President Donald Trump picked one of his impeachment attorneys, Brian Miller, to be the watchdog for the pandemic recovery. In ads confirmation hearing today, Democrats were pretty skeptical that a former White House counsel could keep this administration accountable. Mr. Miller, your time working as one of President Trump's impeachment defense attorneys should have disqualified you from being nominated to oversee the president's management of one of the largest corporate bailouts in American history. That's Senator Elizabeth Warren, who video conferenced into the hearing to browbeat Miller. Warren said she hopes Miller proves her cynicism wrong. The demands on you will be particularly intense because this president has already fired multiple inspectors general and because he couldn't tolerate any criticism. And he has already said that he will muzzle you. You will, however, have the chance to defend your independence and your integrity by your actions. If you stick to the commitments that you have made here and you are an aggressive watchdog Before he worked in the White House, Miller spent nearly a decade as the Inspector General at the General Services Administration. Back in 2010, he made national headlines by uncovering a ridiculously ritzy GSA conference in Las Vegas that cost taxpayers millions. There's no set date yet for when the Senate Banking Committee will vote on Miller's confirmation to be the pandemic's Inspector General, let alone the Senate as a whole. When they do, you can expect a party-line vote. At his hearing, Miller promised to remain independent and use every tool he had available to root out fraud and corruption. But he should watch out if he does. In the last month, Trump has fired three IGs who have come out with reports that embarrassed the White House. And for the first time in nearly two months, Congress conducted an actual hearing. The Senate Intelligence Committee's confirmation hearing for Representative John Ratcliffe to be Director of National Intelligence was the first such in-person meeting since March. CQ Roll Call's Jessica Wehrman was in the room. The hearing itself had sort of an eerie kind of drama. First of all, the way the hearing room was laid out was completely different. They were encouraging social spacing. They had cool reporters, so I was one of only two or three reporters in the room. And they had the senators spread out on two different dioceses. Normally, the room is packed and filled with spectators, with the nominee's family. Instead, it was not quite virtually empty, probably about 20 people. For that to happen for a nominee for Director of National Intelligence is very strange and very surreal. The other strange thing was the format of the hearing itself. Normally, it's a one-hit. Nominee sits down, he gives his testimony, senator after senator asks their questions, we're done. But this time, because of the, the urge to protect senators, who I have to say are probably among 
the vulnerable populations, they had to space out the questioning. So they'd bring in, Ms. Strackler gave his testimony, four senators would come in, they'd ask questions for 30 minutes, then they'd file out and another four would come in. For the rest of the time, the senators watched this from C-SPAN or for their offices. The, the room itself, everything about it sort of spoke to the time we're in. People were wearing masks. Senators, for the most part, took their masks off when they were asking questions, but some left them on. So they were kind of muffled. One of the things that was kind of interesting was Burr had a beard underneath his a mask. And it got me thinking it was one of those pandemic beards that men tend to grow when, they, when they're stuck at home for extended periods of time. But in fact, actually, the beard is a tribute to former Senator Tom Coburn of Oklahoma. He died March 28th. He said this is the only way he could think of to do a tribute to Tom Coburn. And I thought about that and I thought, yeah, he probably didn't have a memorial service because memorial services aren't things that happen during this pandemic. Uh, when you walked in, there were hand sanitizer masks and gloves. As I sat there, it occurred to me that basically this pandemic has changed even the most routine traditions of the Senate. Uh, The Senate hearing, which has basically been conducted the way it's been as long as I've been here, everything has changed. And I kind of sat there and thought, maybe this is the new normal where senators cover half their face and hand sanitizer is readily available. The crowd that got a bird's eye view of democracy no longer get to see that. They have to watch C-SPAN instead. That's it for May 5th. For the entire CQ Roll Call News team, I'm Jason Dick.